relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. Thank you for joining us on America First with today's very special guest host, Cleveland's own Bob France. Well, thank you, Dr. G. It's great to be with this phenomenal America First audience live in the ReliefFactor.com studios of Cleveland, Ohio, AM 1420, The Answer, online at WHKRadio.com. You can find me there 9 to noon every weekday. You can follow me on Twitter at France Rants, F-R-A-N-T-Z Rants, on Facebook at Always Right Radio, on Rumble at Always Right Radio, and on Truth Social at Always Right WHK. Does it feel... To you, like we are a nation at war right now? Because the reality is, we're not at war. The war is thousands of miles away in the Middle East. The war is in Israel. The war is in Gaza. The war is soon to be with Lebanon or technically with Hezbollah from Lebanon. We're not at war. But I feel as though we are a nation at war right now. And I'm very, very troubled by what I am seeing on the home front. The reason I feel like we are a nation we are a nation at war because is because when our allies are attacked in such a cowardly and devastating and horrifying way as Israel was on October 7th by the cowardly Palestinian supported Hamas terrorists when they are attacked and they need to respond for their own defense and we are their only ally I mean, if you think about it, largely, we are the only ally that Israel has in the world. I mean, the rest of the, the, the recognized nations either are indifferent toward Israel or they are openly hostile toward Israel. Look at the United Nations. Over 90% of the disciplinary rebukes given to member nations in the United Nations go to Israel. Israel is despised by the United Nations. Israel is despised by every one of its neighbors. I want you to ponder what that's like. I said this on social media. I'll say it again now. Imagine moving into your home your current house, and then finding out that your neighbors to the left and your neighbors to the right all despise you, that your neighbor across the street, that the house behind you that directly abuts your property, homes filled with people who despise you. And it's not just that they cold shoulder you. They don't just insult you. They openly try to intimidate you in an effort to make you move out of that house. Worse than that, occasionally they get so irritated by your existence and their pre- your presence in a home, on a piece of land that they do not believe you belong on. And so they take shots at your house. It's so bad 
that you have a, a standing protocol, a security protocol with your children, that if they hear anything louder than, say, a clap, that might be a, a gunshot, they have to hit the deck. They got to go into a safe room, or they got to go into their bed, or they got to go into a closet, someplace out of the line of fire that might come through the window. Doesn't happen every day, but it happens often enough to remind you that they hate you and they would like to kill you. If you can try to imagine living in a home, in your house, in your neighborhood, under those conditions, you have a small idea of what it's like to be Israel. To the direct west is Gaza, the Gaza Strip, which is, which is run by a terror organization. 2.2 million Palestinians who were raised to hate you, who, whose charter says that their job is to wipe you out. To the south, to the southwest, Egypt, they don't want you, they don't like you. To your east, Southeast Jordan, they don't like you. To your north, Hezbollah, they don't like you. In the northeast, to your northeast, Syria, they all are Arab Muslim nations that despise you and want you gone. Some of them enough to openly attack you on a regular basis. Some of them just supportive of those who do attack you. And then a few houses down the block, of course, the house that hates you the most, that gives the weaponry to your neighbors who attack you so routinely. And, and in Israel's case, that would be Iran. I want you to think about what your life is like on a daily basis if you live in a house that way. That's what Israel has to put up with. And now that they have been attacked in such a horrific, cowardly, grotesque manner, And it's time for them to fight back and defend their right to live in their house, to occupy their land. When they are given, not given, but when they simply must take the opportunity to defend themselves, they have only one ally that they can rely upon, and that's the United States. And what does the United States offer? We send a senile, doddering old man out to Israel, and he shuffles out on a stage like a, like, a, like, a, like a really old man in his slippers and in his robe down the hallway of his senior home, practically falls asleep while talking with your leadership, literally falls asleep while he is speaking. And then when he does speak, pretends to have a complete unequivocal support plan in place for you as the victims of a terror attack, but then in practice is very much equivocating. Get mad, but not too mad. Yeah, yeah, they did some bad things to you, but, you know, they got some people over there that don't deserve to be hurt, too. We're going to send $100 million to them, to Gaza. For, you know, humanitarian relief. And we really don't think that Hamas will take those funds and use them to arm themselves further to carry out more horrific genocidal type of wipe them off the map activities that they are already doing. But if they do, we'll condemn it. If they take the $100 million and it doesn't result in aid for the people of Gaza, the Palestinians, if Hamas 
uh, seizes those funds and uses them, well, well, we'll get mad. That's what we get from the leadership of the United States of America? Get mad, but not too mad. Don't be consumed with rage over this. In other words, that's code for, that's Biden speak for, make sure that your response is proportional. Don't go over the top. So while we're in this wartime footing, because our our ally, Israel, is in, at war, we don't have boots on the ground. But are we kind of at war? Doesn't it kind of feel like we're at war? And what do we have here at home? We've got members of Congress, like Representative Rashida, which you cannot spell without the letters in Sharia, Tlaib, leading a protest march and an assault, an insurrection, a Hamas erection on the U.S. Capitol, demonizing, attacking, Blaming the victims in Israel and crying, crying about the victims who are Palestinian in Gaza. And are they victims of the Israelis? No, they're victims of the organization that they support, Hamas. I want you to think about that. This might be an unprecedented time for the United States to be at war in a manner of speaking, with American members of Congress openly siding with the enemy in that war. That's how, that's how dire, that's how serious the situation is. We're going to talk about this today on America First. Coming up, we're going to talk with the Washington Bureau Chief of Breitbart, Matt Boyle. He'll join us next. We'll look forward to your phone calls as well. Bob Franson for Dr. G. We'll be back. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Threats to our financial freedom and stability are growing. China, Russia, India, Brazil, and Saudi Arabia are conducting international trade in local currencies, not the U.S. dollar. Rising interest rates and bad loans are exposing the banking system and causing failures. The Biden administration sends hundreds of billions abroad while depleting our strategic oil reserves and ignoring crumbling infrastructure. However, the biggest financial threat may be coming from within. Central bank digital currency is real. Patents have been filed and the big banks have released plans for implementation. The vets at Midas Gold Group see tyrannical implications. The end of cash? 
the end of financial privacy, big government able to see your every purchase. Could there be ties to a social credit system? You can own private currency, gold and silver. Get free silver just for asking Midas Gold Group how you can use your retirement to own physical gold. Call Midas Gold Group today at 855-322-GOLD. That's 855-322-4653, MidasGoldGroup.com. Yes, he's still on. Well, hold on. I know. I, hey, I want him to know, as a Palestinian American, is also somebody of Muslim faith. I'm not going to forget this, and I think a lot of people are not going to forget this. And it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not a threat. It isn't. They, they think we're joking. I mean, I think the White House and everyone thinks that we're just going to sit back and let this just continue to happen. No. The fact of the matter is, our lives are not safe with you or the forever peace president. When are we going to feel safe? When are we going to stop funding continued, literally, oppression of indigenous communities? When are we going to say enough? When have we ever had a member of the United States Congress be so openly, openly hateful of the country that she is supposed to represent in that Congress. That, of course, is Representative Sharia Tlaib. Uh, she led the Hamas erection at the Capitol yesterday. Um, question is, is, when is she and the rest of them going to be hauled off to the D.C. gulags? Isn't that what we do when there is an attack at the Capitol or uh, people go out of control and occupy the Capitol? Let's bring in now, as we continue on America First with Dr. G., uh, uh, the Washington Bureau Chief of Breitbart, Matt Boyle, joining us with some reaction and an analysis to the latest in what is soon to be a ground war in Gaza. Matt, thanks for joining us on America First. How are you? Yeah, doing well. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. So I, I it's funny. We, we have another clip of uh, Sharia Tlaib yesterday in which she was literally crying uh, uh, you know, from that uh, from that protest perch of hers about the children that she says were killed in this hospital attack by Israeli bombs and Israeli rockets. And uh, and it was just kind of funny because it struck me, Matt, that this is a member of Congress who's crying about dead children. When literally last week, she was chased down a Capitol hallway for one minute and 11 seconds by a reporter asking her to please condemn the murder of children, to, to condemn the chopping off of Jewish children's heads by Hamas on that horrific attack on October 7th. She refused to answer and, in fact, looked over her shoulder and smirked at the reporter. Now she's out there crying about uh, dead Palestinian children. At least that's what she is claiming. And this is a member of Congress. We, have we ever seen anything like this? this before Matt no and look here's the deal what you've got in the the, the case of the, the hospital in Gaza obviously a tragedy but the, the the fact is is that it wasn't Israel they did it right like it was uh we know uh now uh, after the fact that that was entirely fake news that was very fake news right like that was very 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 fake news and so uh it was uh it appears to be uh as President Biden said the other team that did it right like so it was the palestinians who accidentally blew up their own hospital right like so or maybe not accidentally and they might have done it i don't know why they did it or how it happened or whatever but the fact is is that the uh the 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 the, the, the what you're seeing right now is 
serious divisions inside the Democrat Party and the untenable nature of their coalition uh, that they've put together. They have these people in Congress. Rashida Tlaib is not the only one. Uh, Ilana Omar is in there. AOC is in there. Uh, they, these are people who are vehemently anti-Israel uh, that are in Congress, and they um, refuse to condemn the the uh, the atrocious attack that we saw uh, on October, I think it was October the 7th, right? Yeah, the 7th, yes. Yeah, the 10-7 is what people are saying, right? They're calling it like the Israel 9-11, right? But like, the point is, is that, uh, you know, and and comparatively speaking, by the way, population-wise, I mean, but it's way bigger than 9/11. What happened to Israel uh, than what happened to us? I yeah, mean, for our 9/11 to be yeah, for our 9/11 to be proportionate in terms of population, from what I had heard, we would have had to have lost 35,000 on that day instead of 3,000. Right. We lost 3,000. Right. And by the uh, way, people. the 3,000 we lost. I mean, obviously a tragedy. Like don't get me wrong, right? Like, no, but of course, so, but it does show the scale of what was yeah. done in Israel. Right, exactly. And so the the fact is, is that, uh, you know, look, the Middle East is a, uh, a real powder keg right now all across the board, right? We're seeing all these reports of missiles that were intercepted by a U.S. ship that were apparently fired from the Houthis in Yemen. And, uh, like, there's all sorts of wild stuff going on there right now. But the one thing that's clear is, is that because Joe Biden is in the White House, the Democrats control the government right now, uh, the Middle East is not safe. This None of this would have happened had Donald Trump been in the White House and in the Oval Office. And uh, I think that people out there across the country need to understand that President Trump's geopolitical strategy uh, for the Middle East was working. Uh, we were getting to a place where we were breaking decades-long stalemates of uh, and steps towards regional and really world peace during the Trump administration. I mean, it was within grasp if Trump had his second term not grasped from him uh, in the 2020 election. And uh, so the the fact is, is that uh, a vote for Joe Biden or any Democrat at this point is a vote for murder, destruction, uh, terrorism, uh, uncertainty, instability, uh, and all the worst parts of the Bible, whereas uh, a vote for Donald Trump and Republicans at this stage is a vote for uh, uh, stability, uh, certainty, uh, uh, a path to peace, uh, freedom, uh, economic prosperity. So much. It, the contrast is so clear. This is 100 percent because Joe Biden is in the Oval Office is the reason why this stuff keeps happening. So well, there's no well, question. The, yeah. So well, you've got these divisions between Democrats on this stuff and some Democrats are out there. Look, Joe Biden's saying all the right things at this point. Right. Like his visit to Israel was fine. But the fact is, is that it never would have happened had Joe not been the president because of what he did uh, with the uh, with Israel and his cold shoulder to Netanyahu and the way that he's handled the region. Well, the one disagreement I would have there is with you when you said his visit to Israel was fine. I do not believe it was fine. I believe his visit to Israel was a disaster, first of all. Um, The fact that he went there and did not even speak once about the hostages and instead said we want to get as much aid to Gaza as we can right away, as quickly as possible. $100 million of aid to Gaza because we've got to worry about the Palestinian residents. We've got to worry about the the, uh, civilians there, the men, women, and children, and so on and so forth. We still have, you know, over 200 Israelis. Israelis who 
were taken hostage. We don't know the number of Americans taken hostage. And his first response, or among his first responses, is to say that we unequivocally have your back, but then he starts to equivocate. Don't be too aggressive. Don't let your, don't be consumed by your rage, I think is one of the statements that he made. We might even have that clip there. Let's see if we can... uh, uh, I'm not sure if we have that clip or not. But he basically said, don't be consumed. Yeah, we do. It's cut number four. Can we play cut four? <clears throat> Justice must be done. But I caution this while you feel that rage. Don't be consumed by it. After 9-11, we were enraged in the United States. While we sought justice and got justice, we also made mistakes. <clears throat> The vast majority of Palestinians are not Hamas. Hamas does not represent the Palestinian people. Hamas uses... Well, I want you to respond to what you just heard there. To me, that was Biden speak for, don't do the ground invasion. Be proportionate in your response. Don't go in there and do what Benjamin Netanyahu said he's going to do, which is to uproot Hamas uh, root and branch from Gaza. Well, at least I'm happy that he at least admits there were some mistakes that the U.S. made after 9-11, which is true, right? Like, I mean, look at the way that we handled the war in Afghanistan, the war in Iraq, et cetera. And by by the way, one of the people responsible for all that is Joe Biden. So who is he to go over there and lecture the Israelis? uh, That's a great question. Matt, I want you to finish that response in just a moment. We have a hard break here. We'll take this short time out on America First. Matt Boyle from Breitbart will continue with us right after this. On this MyPillow's 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell wants to thank you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. You will receive a queen-size MyPillow for just $19.98, regular price $69.98, and just $10 more for a king-size. You will receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products, such as bedsheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. This is the time to try out some of their other amazing products you've had your eye on. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square, and use promo code GORKA to receive this amazing offer on the queen-size MyPillow for $19.98, or call 800 829 This offer comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's time to start getting the quality sleep you deserve. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A, or call 800-829-8468 today. MyPillow.com, code Gorka. I'm Seb Gorka. Now let's get back to the show with Bob France. All right, 33 minutes past the hour. Thank you, Dr. G. We're live in the relieffactor.com studios here in Cleveland, Ohio, of AM 1420, The Answer. And I am joined once again by the Washington Bureau Chief at Breitbart News. And Matt Boyle, we just uh, played the clip there of Joe Biden essentially saying, don't be consumed, telling Israel, don't be consumed by your rage so much so that you make mistakes. We were consumed by rage after 9-11, and we made many mistakes. I hear that as code for don't go in. You've bombed. You've, you've made your point. Uh, you've struck uh, in, in, at Hamas targets all throughout the, uh, the West Bank, or excuse me, out, uh, all throughout Gaza. Don't do the ground invasion because it's going to lead to a lot of collateral damage. It's going to be bad. Don't let your rage get the best of you here. That's what I feel like he's doing. He's telling them to be proportionate in their response. What are you hearing? Yeah, and that's the same position, by the way, that the Iranians have, right? Like, so 
for whatever it's worth, the Iranians don't want Israel to go do a ground invasion into Gaza either. And frankly, Biden has had a fundamentally different approach to Iran than Donald Trump did. And uh, Donald Trump was, uh, you know, hardcore pressuring the Iranians with serious sanctions. They they killed Soleimani. Um, the, uh, the, 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 they were about to break Iran. The Islamic Republic of Iran was brought to its knees under the Trump administration. The Biden administration appeases the Iranians, and that's their position on this. Is that uh, so? What Biden's afraid of is that this whole incident is going to blow up the entire Biden approach to the Middle East, which uh, you know I was kind of getting at earlier the geopolitical uh, approach, which is. The, the Democrats, uh, particularly this Biden administration, but you saw this during the Obama administration as well, uh, have long uh, approached it backwards from the way that Trump did, is that what they're doing is they're trying to break uh, – uh, they're trying to broker deals with the Iranians and the Palestinians first and at the expense of the rest of the Arab world and at the expense of Israel, whereas the Trump administration approach was we're best friends with Israel – and we're going to try to work on the rest of the Arab world first, right? Like, so that you saw the Abraham Accords, right? So the Bahrainis, the UAEs, right? Like, and so on and so forth, right? And they were getting there with Saudis. And, and some of this Trump administration approach was a lot lasting beyond the Trump administration. That was what was going on in the lead up to this, is that the Saudis were about to cut a deal with the Israelis. And that seems to be off now. But the point is that the Biden approach to uh, the Middle East is what caused this, right? Like, and so now he's taking the side of the Iranians in response to this. Uh, and uh, because he's afraid that his, uh, you know, $6 billion deal with the Iranians is going to uh, really cost him politically and, frankly, uh, cause major instability in the world. Matt, there's a, a breaking story here, at least to me it is, because I didn't see it earlier in the day. I guess it it was announced earlier. I wonder how this impacts the the um, decision making of the uh, of the Oval Office. A Biden administration official in the State Department named Josh Paul uh, has resigned over the president's announcement of material support for Israel. Rashida Tlaib is screaming, "We will not forget this!" To Joe Biden for giving any support at all to Israel, she loves and they love the amount of support and uh, uh, hundred million dollars he wants to give to Gaza, and which means give to Hamas because they're going to confiscate and seize every single red cent and use it for their own purposes. But you have a lot of division here in the Democrat Party. I got a guy resigning. I got Rashida Tlaib screaming at Biden that he's uh, he's not going to forget this, and and uh, Matt Boyle. Here is the dissenting voice from the Democrat talking points here. Here's John Fetterman, of all people, the walking, talking caveman that I think he is. John Fetterman is the voice of sense and reason here, tweeting yesterday, late in the day, quote, Now is not the time to talk about a ceasefire. We must support Israel in efforts to eliminate the Hamas terrorists who slaughtered innocent men, women, and children. Hamas does not want peace. They want to destroy Israel. We can talk about a ceasefire after Hamas is neutralized. So, Matt, that's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts there in the Oval Office and the Democrat machinery. And here comes John Fetterman actually being the voice of reason. Well, yeah. What is it they say about broken clocks? Right. <laughs> like occasionally they're right. Like uh, twice a day. Right. Like, so, look, uh, good for him for actually saying it. And uh 
uh, you know, I mean, occasionally, I guess sometimes people get it right. Like, but I will say this: I think Fetterman does have his finger on the pulse of, like, kind of where the the regular people are, which is a big part of why, despite all of his personal health problems, et cetera, he was able to win in Pennsylvania uh, last year. So um, I think that's why you're seeing him speak out like that because people are outraged watching the rest of the Democrat Party's response to this. Yeah, no question about it. But yeah, like I said, now you got State Department officials so angry that the the evil Israel is being supported at all by the United States. They're resigning. It's a very, very dark and dangerous time right now. Matt Boyle and the rest of the great folks at Breitbart are on it. Thank you, Matt. We appreciate the time. I'm Bob France sitting in for Dr. Gorka on America First. We'll be back. When the government used emergency edicts during COVID to restrict the gathering and worship of churches, three pastors facing the risk of imprisonment, unlimited fines, and their own churches being ripped apart, took a courageous stand and reopened their doors in the face of a world that chose to comply. The Essential Church is a feature-length documentary that explores the struggle between the church and government throughout history. This fascinating story uncovers those who've sacrificed their lives throughout history for what they truly believe in. We discover why the church is essential and how we prove that this stand remains true from a scientific, legal, and most importantly, biblical perspective. This is not your typical movie. It'll change your life. You need to see this movie with your friends and family. The Essential Church is streaming today exclusively at SalemNow.com. That's Essential Church, streaming at SalemNow.com. I'm Seb Gorka. Now let's get back to the show with Bob France. Thank you, Dr. G. 20 minutes past the hour. On America First, I am live in Cleveland, Ohio, the ReliefFactor.com studios in uh, WHK Radio. That's WHK AM 1420, The Answer. We are joined now on America First by the esteemed representative of the 7th Congressional District in the great state of Wisconsin, Tom Tiffany, joining us on a busy day for the Republican conference there. Uh, Congressman Tiffany, good to have you. How are you this, this afternoon? Oh, it's good to join you. I'm doing well. So it was my understanding, Congressman, that there was a roughly three-hour meeting uh, among members of the Republican conference to figure out where to go after uh, Congressman Jordan failed to get the 217 he needed in the second round of voting yesterday. Uh, and, uh, and so we're not there. So uh, can you tell me what happened in that three-hour meeting and where we go from here? Yeah, I was there for about an hour. I had a committee hearing that I was chairing, so that ate into some of that time. But I was there for about an hour, and there was discussion in regards to empowering the Speaker Pro Tem. We have some members that want to do that and uh, to be able to at least be able to conduct some business here in the House. And so that discussion was ongoing. And then you, you had, I mean, I, I title it, Bob, you know, there's still this score settling. There's still this rancor that goes on by some that um, that of past transgressions. And um, I just think people have to get past that. And this is about the American people. This isn't about 
sometime a few years ago when you know you felt particularly aggrieved um, by this person or that person you got to move on here because the american people are who we represent and they're watching to see who's going to provide leadership and you know i've supported jim jordan since he announced he wanted to run for speaker and he has the leadership ability and he has the vision for america and i hope we get back to voting well, I'm glad to hear you say that. I also support Jim Jordan, and I have been a supporter of his for a very long time. I talk to him on a weekly basis on my program and have for the last nine years. So I have a lot. I know him very well, and I know what he's all about. But I also know that he is considered by many to be too conservative to reach the entire conference in order to uh, bring about the, and again, I don't want to use the term rhino, but to bring about the more moderate representation that comes from purple districts that might not necessarily be comfortable voting for a guy who's the founder and the chairman and the leader of the Freedom Caucus and all of these kinds of things. So can a full conference coalesce around a guy that is known as one of the most conservative maybe in the history of the Congress? Oh, absolutely. And all you got to do is look at he's gotten about 200 votes the first two ballots. And you have people across the spectrum in the Republican conference that have been voting for him. And, you know, for the people that haven't been voting for him, you know, I think it's really important that they go to Jim and say, this is why I can't vote for you. And then be able to figure that out, because that's what happened when um uh, Kevin McCarthy was up for the speakership in January. You had the 20 holdouts, and they were going to Kevin McCarthy and saying, these are the things we need. And look what happened. Though it was rancorous, though it took time, though it took 15 ballots, we ended up with a much more open and transparent House of Representatives that I think is is the best for the American people. And I think Jim's that same type of person that has a vision for America that leads to prosperity for all of us. Okay, I like that thinking, and I, uh, I agree with that in, uh, in in large part. We're talking with uh, Tom Tiffany, Wisconsin's 7th Congressional District Representative, about what's going on here. So, uh, you know, he's got 22 holdouts from the last round. He needs, he can only give up four. That means we're going to have to have 18 members switch. Now, you said a lot of them are just kind of holding out because of personal grievances and other things like that. But some of them have said, I'm a never, no way on Jim Jordan, just because, or whatever their personal personal reasons are. Do you see that happening sooner rather than later, getting 18 to flip? Or are we looking at what happened in January, where it may take 7, 8, 9, 10, 15 votes before we can get this thing done? I think it's going to take more ballots. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if we have another vote yet tonight here. I wouldn't be surprised if he slips some more. Uh, Kevin McCarthy lost a few votes um, during that whole process. But as long as Jim sticks with it, there's a whole bunch of us that are going to stick with him through the whole thing. Because we know this is he is the man and this is his time to be the Speaker of the House of Representatives. And so we're going to... Uh, we're going to stick with him. Other thing that I point out to you, Bob, is that um, you also have some of the appropriators that are, you know, really dug their heels in here. And it goes to this whole thing of spending in Washington, D.C. We know that we spend way too much money, $33 trillion in debt. It is well documented. And uh, they're concerned about they're not going to be able to spend more money. They need to come out and say that to the American people. I can't vote for Jim Jordan because I want to spend more money. They need to tell the American people that if that's their position. And for some of them, it appears that way. 
Yeah, and of course, they'll never say that because that would be transparency, and that's toxic to some of the individuals that we're talking about here. Uh, Representative Tiffany, let's talk about uh, policy now, particularly as it pertains to Israel. Uh, I want to speak specifically to the $100 million. I mean, Joe Biden standing there saying, we're going to send $100 million of American taxpayer money in humanitarian aid. And I thought, great, good. The victims in Israel deserve that. They need all the assistance we can give them. Good. Then I found out, wait a minute. No, 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 no. We're sending that to Gaza, which, of course, means that money is going to go directly to Hamas because they do not let the people there actually have humanitarian aid. They deny them water. They take water pipes built for infrastructure, and they repurpose them to to build and launch missiles. So we're giving $100 million to Gaza, to, to which means to Hamas, which means the terrorists who attacked Israel get the aid from the United States. Now, I'm sitting here looking at it and saying they can't do that without approval of Congress. But right now, Congress is in a mess. So what happens? Yeah, so President Biden should wait until we get this sorted out in the House of Representatives. And he should not be sending money to Hamas at this point. Uh, we, But isn't this the same show that we've been seeing throughout the Biden years, where money goes to groups like Hamas, like Hezbollah, that money goes to United Nations outfits like the International Organization for Migration, which is facilitating illegal immigration into our country. They just keep pumping money to these international and foreign interests. And that's part of the reason, Bob, that I introduced the Gaza Act, where um, we will not allow people with Palestinian passports to be able to come into the United States of America. Uh, that should not be happening. America is, has been generous enough. We do not need to be importing people who are, are born and bred with this um, the, the attitude of victimhood and terror. Um, America should not have to take those people, especially well, well, since sir, if I may, Jordan aren't taking them either. Yeah, if I may, you're talking about not importing more of them. Uh, Senator Tom Cotton, your colleague on the other side, in the other chamber, is talking about exporting them. Anybody who's a foreign national here right now on a visa who has openly supported Hamas or Palestine slash Palestinians in this thing and, and demonized Israel should be deported and booted and have their visa revoked. Do you agree with that? Um, I could support uh, Senator Cotton's proposal there. And uh, I just think between the Gaza Act and that, you know, I think that's the type of action that we need to take at this point, because we don't need to be importing terror into the United States. We've got more questions about this Israeli affair. Do you have another segment in you, uh, uh, Congressman? Uh, Sure. We'll ask you to hold on right now. Uh, Bob France sitting in for Dr. G on America First. We'll continue with Congressman Tom Tiffany of Wisconsin right after this. Seb Golka. Now let's get back to the show with Bob France. All right. Thanks, Dr. G. 33 minutes past the hour. Coming to you live from Cleveland, Ohio, relieffactor.com studios. But we are talking now with Representative Tom Tiffany from uh, District 7 in the great state of Wisconsin. And Representative Tiffany, uh, we're talking about the Israeli policy and we're talking about what the United States is supposed to do in support of our allies and what we can do. Um, Meanwhile, one of your colleagues in the House, Representative Rashida 
Sharia Talib in uh, in uh, Michigan led what some are calling the um, Hamas erection. Something of an insurrection as they took over part of the uh, Capitol building and the Cannon building and uh, sent a massive crowd of people in support of Palestine or Palestinians and uh, opposing uh, Israel uh, at a big old protest yesterday. I want you to watch this and I'm going to get your reaction to it. This is cut three. Continue to watch people think it's okay to bomb a hospital where children... You know what's so hard sometimes is watching those videos and and the people telling the kids don't cry and like let them cry and they're shaking and somebody you know this they keep telling them not to cry in Arabic they do they can cry I can cry we all can cry if we're not crying something is wrong If we're not crying, something is wrong. And Representative Tiffany, this is the same congresswoman who was asked seven times in a one minute, uh, 10 second speed walk down one of the Capitol hallways if she had any uh, opposition to the killing of children by Hamas in Israel on October 7th. She refused to answer that. Some of your colleagues are off the rails in support of Palestinians and Hamas. Is there anything that can or should be done at the congressional level with them? Yeah, I think the key point, Bob, is that this is all based on a lie. She's sitting there crying, but it's based on a lie. At what point is she going to acknowledge that? And, you know, we hear this stuff about misinformation and disinformation. Well, if there's such a thing, then she is the author of it. You know, the other thing that I'm curious about, Bob, is was this a rent-a-mob that was here at the United States Capitol yesterday? You know, we see this full outrage and crying and stuff like that, and it was all based on a lie. So was this just fomenting um, disagreement? But the thing that I want to hear, you know, we can talk about censure and all the rest. I want to hear Democrats in the United States Congress confront Rashida Tlaib for the lies that she told, because it really doesn't matter. People know that us Republicans are going to say, this is just simply not true. And you are dodging accountability on this issue. But when are the Democrats going to do that? When are they going to say, Rashida, what you're saying is a lie? When are they going to author the uh, resolution of censure? I think we Republicans should sit back and, and ask Democrats, when are you going to call out these incredibly extreme members of your conference? Yeah, I think that's a great question, Representative Tiffany. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm watching that and I'm thinking to myself, I have a little slogan here. Rashida cries, people die, because I think literally it will lead to that. She and others in the squad, including the eight members who uh, put forth a resolution demanding Joe Biden seek a ceasefire in the region rather than letting Israel defend itself. And I'm thinking this is only going to encourage and embolden Palestinian terrorists, Hamas and Hezbollah uh, to the north of uh, of uh, Israel to continue to do this when America cannot get behind our ally and is openly supportive of the enemy that that carried out a terror attack it's only going to embolden them and more people are going to die is that too far uh, uh, w- without a doubt i mean you don't think that that clip isn't being played in the middle east today and uh, i mean you're really 
I mean, you're throwing gasoline on the fire at this point. As you just said, and that's probably the best point made here, Bob, is that they're saying, let's keep the temperature down. The day after the assault and the beheadings of children and the killing of over a thousand Israeli uh, citizens, as well as some Americans, they're saying, hey, let, let's, let's tamp the violence down. What does she do? She comes out here a week later to Washington, D.C., and she ramps it up. It is just ridiculous what is going on. When are Democrats going to call out the squad for the irresponsible things they're saying to the world? Well, speaking of Democrats saying ridiculous, irresponsible things, I don't have time to play this for you now, but in the next 20 seconds, can you respond to Nancy Pelosi saying that those people like you, representatives who vote for Jim Jordan for speaker, are committing an assault on democracy? Tom Tiffany, 10 seconds. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi doesn't know what she's talking about, and she's just... It's pure politics for Nancy Pelosi. She doesn't care what happens to the United States of America, as we saw in her last reign as speaker. Keep leading, uh, Representative Tiffany. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Bob Franson for Dr. G. We'll be back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 